Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set now, therefore, here's the King whom you have chosen and whom you have desired. And take note, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. Now Samuel was very, very detailed, and he was very descriptive. He reminded them of their long-running track record with God of all the times that God stepped in and did something for them and saved them. But this time you said no. God saved you, God saved you, God saved you, God saved you, God saved you. And now you said no. He's kind of getting them to think, what do you think is the logical outcome to all this? They said, a king shall reign over us when the Lord was your king. Friends, there's not enough room for two kings. Every nation has just one king only. One king for a nation. You can't have a supreme leader if there's more than one. Somebody has to be above all and only one. But Israel rejected God as king to replace him with Saul. And now God had more than proven himself, hadn't he? For centuries, he's proven himself a totally successful history of victories. Now, with God, they always won. And they decide to go with Saul. With God, you always had it. And you pick Saul. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. If you had to undergo major surgery and you had two doctors to choose from, one doctor had a 100% success rate with a long bit of period of history and experience, but the other doctor had never done anything, and nobody knows him yet, and he's never done anything. Which doctor would you pick to operate on you? The one that's got the track record. The one that's done well. I'm sorry for the new guy, but you haven't shown me anything yet. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious, it's ridiculous. But that's what Israel had just done. They chose the unknown guy, unknown guy with no history and rejected the God who specifically chose them out of all the rest of the entire world. And he gave them everything, including the land they live on. He said, here, take it. Live long and prosper. Take this land. It's yours. And they picked Saul. Now, I know I just quoted a... Mr. Spock at you from Star Trek, but I want you to know that Leonard Nimoy, the actor, he's Jewish, okay? So, now Israel had dumped the Lord for this guy named Saul nobody knew anything about, but one victory, just one victory with the Ammonites, and bam, he's it, he's our king. And don't forget it was the Lord who enabled Saul in the first place to win. 
Because the Lord is setting up Israel for a choice of judgment. He's giving them a choice. Here's your choice. Pick me, pick him. What happens to you from that decision is going to be dependent on how you, how you decide. Pretty easy. So that's why Samuel gives them a choice in verse 14. Obey the Lord and the king will be good. You'll follow. It'll be fine. But disobey the Lord and he'll be against you. And yes, folks, the Lord sometimes does turn his hand against his own people. We are the sinner. That's one thing we have to remember. Here's the way it works, guys. God is God and we are not. We are the sinner and God is not the sinner. We are not so good and so glorious that God is required to always just bless us. It doesn't work that way. And so just like with your own children, you love them with all your heart, but sometimes they need good discipline. And as their parent, it's up to you to administer it. And they're probably going to hate you for it. Why are you doing this to me? Uh, I know better than you. That's why. God's going to set them up for this same decision here. It's up to the Israelites to decide. Samuel is getting old. He's not going to be around much longer as an instrument of God's grace as a voice of reason. You think Samuel is there to speak to the people, to speak reasonable to them. Guys, here's what the Lord offers you. I'm gray. I'm old. I'm about to be out of here. And all you've got from here is Saul. You better make a good choice. 1 Samuel 12 and 16. Now therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is today not the wheat harvest? I will call to the Lord, and He will send thunder and rain, that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking a king for yourselves. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Well, during the time of the wheat harvest, it said, it's, it's always important to take notice of time stamps. When the Bible gives you time stamps, it's there for a reason. Pay attention to it. It said it was the time of the wheat harvest. Now, there was never thunder and rain at this time of year. That's the time of the year for that part of in that time in Israel. They didn't have thunder and rain like that. It never happened that time of the year in that month. And so for Samuel to call down thunder and rain and something that never shows up this time of year actually showed up and happened, that is quite a validation of what Samuel just said. First, he said, have I wronged you? He gives them the word. They listen. They now know their choice. And he goes, and now to further validate it, God's going to get behind it. And here comes this rain and thunder that never shows up. Bam, there it is. You think the people are listening now? I think I would be. God is confirming he's behind this warning. And I'm sure this is not quite the coronation party that Saul was looking for. <laughs> I'm sure his cup of wine got diluted with rainwater. It's like, well, throw that out. Might as well not even drink it now. I mean, can you see how the... Talk about getting rain on your parade. Now, remember previously... The people said that if anybody questioned Saul's rule, we'll kill him. They wanted Saul so bad, if anybody questioned it, kill him. And so Samuel needed a powerful sign. He didn't want it to make it look like he was questioning Saul's authority. God, get behind this. And he called down rain and it showed up. It authenticated the warning. Most people today, they disregard what ministers say. But you ever notice that most people disregard what a minister says until God authenticates it? It got real with the people, especially when it drove them to their knees. I was talking to a pastor the other day. 
he was talking to me. He goes, Ray, I remember the, the, when you were here a couple months ago and you gave this invitation and there were people that came up wanting to give their life to the Lord, not just, oh, I'm here to give my life. They were shaken and they were crying. It drove them to their knees. We need more of that. And when God authenticates it, it's not just me talking. God authenticated the message in those people and it got them to come forward and give their life to Christ. It got real. And that's what God was doing with the Israelites. He was trying to get it real with them. This wasn't just an authentication of his warning, but it was also an authentication of his judgment that would come if they don't do right. 1 Samuel 12 and 19. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins the evil of asking a king for ourselves. Wow, look at that. Then Samuel said to the people, Do not fear. You have done all this wickedness, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart, and do not turn aside for when you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. Golly, you can make a whole sermon out of this one segment right here. In fact, I will. We're going to be here another hour. No. (laughs) For they are nothing, for the Lord will not forsake His people. You got to underline something else. There it is right there. For the Lord will not forsake His people. Why? Because, is it based on you? For His great name's sake. It's based on Him. It's not based on you. The Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake. Because it has pleased the Lord to make you His people. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and right and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Always got to put the warning right at the end of it. What's fascinating here is that the people actually realized they did wrong in asking for a king. And it took all this to get them to realize it. It took a storm. It took this. It took all the. It took Samuel living a whole life, decades of integrity and crash and boom lightning and all this stuff to get the people to realize we messed up. Do you realize that you could just go ahead and get in confession mode and get on your knees now without waiting for all the bad stuff to happen? Do you realize we could just go ahead and do that now? Why should it take this much to get us to realize we sinned? Why can't we just get before the Lord now? Right now, there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world. Why? Because the world's sinful. God has to push all this big stuff. He's trying to get people's attention. I'm your king. I'm your provider, not your money, not your government, gold, guns, government, all the three G's. It's not your God. I am. Why can't people just see that? There was a time when I didn't, but I'm thankful I know now. We could just get on our knees now before it gets that bad. And so they asked Samuel to pray for their forgiveness. I think that's so wonderful. Pray for us. 
And so even after doing all this wicked stuff, all this terrible stuff, even after they rejected God, you ever been rejected? You ever been the guy that was either picked last for the soccer team or not picked at all? (laughs) I've been there. It's a long time ago, sixth grade in PE. I totally remember it. But they didn't pick me for some reason. Nobody wanted me. I'm like, well, fine. I just won't even play at all. You've been there. The outcast, the, the person nobody wanted. Well, even after they did that to God, we don't want you, God. Even after all that, God still offered them a fresh slate. A chance to refresh, a chance to do it right. Isn't that good? That even though we do that to the Lord, He still says, guess what? I hear your confession. Let's start over. God offered them a fresh slate, a chance to start over again. That's so good. He's like, I know you did wicked. I know you did wrong. Here's the warning. Here's your choice. But because of their confession, he goes, let's start over. From here out, follow me. Samuel said, you've done terribly bad up to now, but here's your chance to make it right. God, that's good. Here's the gospel again. Here's your chance to get it right. He said, don't turn from following God. Can you see how the Israelites have been offered grace? Grace is getting what you don't deserve. They were offered grace. And Samuel said to the people that God would bless them in spite of the bad things they've done. If they would just repent and stay there. Are y'all hearing me? Stay there. I repented once a long time ago. Why are you still walking like the devil? Why are you still doing those bad things? Pick a side, get on it, and stay there. If you're going to follow God, follow God and stay there. Don't flip-flop. Build up a relationship of integrity that will earn people's ear when it's time for you to tell them the gospel so that they will trust you. God is being very gracious to them. This is a very incredible moment. You've sinned greatly against me, but you can still turn back to me. Guys, do we not serve a great God? I say we do, that even after all this, he gives them a chance to do it again. This same God that's talking to the Israelites here in 1 Samuel 12 is the same God that talks to you when you pray. The same one. He says, if you've you've sinned, yeah, you've messed up, but you know what? Confess, repent, turn back to me, serve me, believe in me, and trust in me, and I will be glad to call you my own. I will call you my own. Aren't you glad to know that you are called by God? If you've given your life to Jesus, He calls you His. You're mine. You see those kids throwing tantrums in the grocery store? They're not yours. (laughs) You want to wring their neck, but you can't because they're not yours. What happens if your kid does it? Huh, you're mine. (laughs) It's very different. But also the blessing too. You want to bless a child, bless your own kids. Bless your kids. You can be nice to the other kids, but your own kids get the best of you because they're yours. God sees you as His own. You get the best of what God has to offer because you belong to Him. He calls you His own. That's very encouraging. Now, the coin of encouragement has two sides to it. One side is blessing, but the other side is judgment. Coins always have two sides. The tails side of the coin, we heard the blessing side, but the tails side of the coin is that if they do not follow the Lord, verse 25, he says, you shall be swept away, both you 
and your king. It's all encouragement. Though judgment is encouragement to do right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the blessing is also encouragement to do right. You've got to have both. So that's why he closed up at the end in verse 25. If you do wrong, you're going to be swept away, both you and your king. Now that's a harsh judgment. But what grace it was for God to offer them the blessing of walking forward if they would just choose to do it. To follow God. It's nice they have a choice. Did you know that freedom, freedom is not getting to do anything you want. Freedom is having a choice. You have choices. It's a choice. It's having a choice. But it's a harsh judgment he offered. But what grace that they even have a choice. Friends, I want you to know that God offers you the same deal that he offered the Israelites. Although you have done wicked things, we have all done wicked things because we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all committed acts of sin. God offers you a refresh point. A refresh. A reboot. He has a new offer for you, which is this. Although your past is what it is, and although what you've done is what you've done, though your past is tainted, God offers you a new future if you will devote yourself to following Him. Doesn't matter what you did. I've had people come here and say, you probably wouldn't like me in your church. I said, why? Well, I used to do this. Or I used to be this. And I told them, I don't care. I care where you're going, not where you've been. The Lord offers the same to you. If you will respond to His offer of grace to follow Him in blessing, then it could all be yours. But if you do not... You choose not to follow the Lord. You don't want to follow the Lord and live life in His prescribed way. Then all you can expect for your future is judgment. People think that God cannot execute judgment on them for some reason. These are people that forget they're a sinner. We see it played out very vividly here in the Bible that God gives you the choice on how your future is going to turn out. That's your free will decision that you get to make. How it's going to pan out for you. Now, a lot of people don't listen. They did not listen to Samuel back when he warned them. Now, I know good and well there's people out there listening to me. They're they're not hearing the warning side. They're not hearing how God actually works. They don't believe that God would actually turn them over to an enemy. That God only has to bless them. You need to pay attention to 1 Samuel 12 very closely. A lot of people didn't listen to Samuel when he warned them. But Samuel, regardless of how the people took Samuel, he said this. He said, I will stay here and I will pray for you because it would be a sin if I didn't. Did you catch that? Yes. When you're telling people the gospel, I don't, I don't like it. Or they say, yeah, I want it. Whichever way, you make sure they know you're praying for them. And don't stop. Don't cease praying for them. He prayed for the people to respond to his call to repentance, to turn back to God so that they could expect God's blessing. And so that's what I will do for you too. I will maintain prayer as I do for many to receive God's offer of grace through Jesus Christ because it would be a sin for me not to pray for you to receive that. Even if you don't like the warning I gave you today, For those of you that heard me, I don't like the sound of that ray. I don't believe in a God that does that. Even still, I will still pray for you. Just remember, 
You're not just hearing warning, but also promise. Judgment is promised to happen if you choose in your own free will not to follow God. But salvation is a promise too. I'm going to show you them real quick. Two verses real fast that show you this. Hebrews 10.26 says, For if we sin willfully, means you want it, i got to have it, it's my life, I'm going to do it, no God, it's my way. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. That's the bad side of the coin, the tail side, but here's the other side. Romans 10.9, that if you confess, that means it's dependent on you if you do it, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will probably be saved. I get a reaction every time I do that, and I love it. Because that's not what it says. It doesn't say you'll probably be saved. It doesn't say you might be saved. It doesn't say your chances are good. What does it say? You will. Promise of God. Promise of God. Bank on it. You will be saved. Now, I know that in the context of the story is dealing with the Israelites, and that was for them. But I want us to understand that we have all been given a very similar offer as a choice to follow or to reject the Lord. And just like Israel was offered a choice, how you choose is going to determine your future. Are you going to realize that you're a sinner, or do you think you're still good? Well, I'm a good person. No, the Bible says no one's good. That's why we need a Savior. How much does it take? Does it take a massive storm? Does it take more friction, more trouble, more trial? How much does it take before you'll just say, you know what, I need to get on my knees and confess my sin to the Lord? You can just do it now. You don't have to wait for it to get worse. I, like Israel was offered, you can choose your future. And I think that the best, most loving part of God's offer comes in the fact that He knows Israel's sin and even though they did wickedly, he still offered them salvation anyway. Consider those good things that he's done for you. What good thing is God for me? He's given you a life to live. Yeah, but my life's been terrible. Then let God give you a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he has a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, which means look, check this out. All things have become new. New. You tired of your old life? Good. Give it to Jesus. He'll give you another one. And even if you've done sinful, terrible things up until today, God offers you salvation despite whatever you've done in the past. 2 Corinthians 6.2 Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Scripture says right now, now that you're hearing it, now is your time. And I want to show you in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave, sent His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, delivered, but have everlasting life. Safety. Sent. Delivered. Safety. A nation can only have one king. Your life can only have one king. It's either the Lord or it's whatever false god you've chosen to worship. And so you have to make a choice. Are you going to let that king have you? Or will you put your trust in Jesus? But there is not room for two. Remember what Samuel said? Fear the Lord, serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But 
if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.